Hey, I'm Ryan Mallory, and this is my Swing Trading the Stock Market podcast. I'm here to teach you how to trade in a complex, ever-changing world of finance. Learn what it means to trade profitably and consistently, managing risk, avoiding the pitfalls of trading, and most importantly, to let those winners run wild. You can succeed at the stock market, and I'm ready to show you how. Hey, everybody. This is Ryan Mallory with Swing Trading the Stock Market, and I'm going to start a new series with you guys here. I think the last time I did a series, it was a two-part series. It was called The Anatomy of a Good Trade Setup. It was actually really good really popular. This one, because I, I've seen so much from you guys' emails, a lot of you guys are part-time traders. You're retail traders, you're trying to balance a regular job, and you're trying to be successful at the stock market, too. I was there. I did that. So I'm going to make a multi-episode series on the successful part-time trader. Now, I don't know how many parts it's going to be, but I think, I think I'll think i be able to cover a lot of ground over a few episodes. Now, I'm still going to do the emails, so keep on sending those emails in. And I, really, my goal is to ultimately get to every person's email. As long as, I, I mean, I get some people that trash me. I don't know why uh, people take time out of their day to trash me. Um, if I don't like a person, I just move on. But some people go out of their way. They, they write these long, long emails to me, and I'm like, wow. I'm really getting under this person's skin. But anyways, there's so many of you guys out here that are listening to this podcast each and every week. Listen to both episodes. Sometimes you guys go back and listen to like over 100 episodes just to get caught up. And you don't have to do that to be able to listen to the most current one. But there's a lot of really good information in my previous episodes. So I encourage you to do it, actually. And before I get started, I'm excited to tell you guys about this new feature that I'm going to roll out. It's a new program. And it's one of those things where I was trying to think, okay, how can I take the experience of the podcast that you guys really seem to like? I mean, I'm so thankful that you guys listen to me each and every week. But how can I take that experience and make it an everyday experience? Because a lot of you guys are trading. A lot of you guys need the research and the information that I'm spending countless hours really each day on. And if I didn't do that, the podcasts wouldn't be as good. The YouTube videos wouldn't be as good. So it's an essential aspect of not only my successful trading, but be able to provide you guys with a quality podcast. So here's the deal. I want to take that research and put it in your hands, but I don't want to do it in a way that breaks the bank because I mean, I get it. There's people out there that want to charge people thousands of dollars every month. They price out everyday people. Okay. I think in today's day and age, it's great to put information in traders' hands without having to like break their budget. I mean, I wouldn't pay tens of thousands of dollars for somebody's research unless there was like a guarantee. And you know what Tommy Boy says, right? About guarantees. So while my podcast covers like countless strategies and seeks to answer your questions each week, I also want to provide you with real actionable information that you can use each day in the stock market. So all the research that I do each week, I want to be able to provide that to you. These are my charts, my indicators, my watch lists, both bullish and bearish, updates on the most popular stocks and the most intriguing setups that I can come across each and every day. And I'm sure too, as this grows, I'm going to continue to expand the offering. There's even an option, too, that if you want one-on-one coaching, I'm going to provide that to you guys. I've already been doing that for a while now, but I also want to make it available to you guys on here. So you're going to have the choice of how much you want from me. If you want all the analysis and the charts that I provide on individual trades and my watch lists, then you're going to want a higher tier through Patreon. But if you are just here for the stock market updates or the technicals on the most popular stocks, then you might want something in between. There's going to be four tiers. Either way, there's going to probably be something for you. But again, nothing's going to change on the podcast. I'm going to keep this podcast going just like it is. I'm going to keep taking your emails, and I'm going to keep making it to where each and every week you're getting quality strategy analysis, getting your questions answered. That's what I want to keep providing you guys with, first and foremost. This is extra. If you want to take it to the next level, that's awesome. All you have to do is go to swingtradingthestockmarket.com, 
and it will redirect you to the, my Patreon page, and you can choose which tier will work for you. And it's going to be cheap. It's going to be affordable. All the plans, they range from like $5 to $20. They're not expensive. It's pretty much like the price of a Netflix subscription. And Netflix doesn't help you like this does, right? So check it out. It helps me. It helps me continue to build upon this podcast to continue expanding its reach. It means a lot to me. It really does. And by the way, I am drinking a, a good whiskey today. Today's whiskey, I'm going to try this TX Blended Whiskey. Never had it before. Looks pretty good. It's only 41% alcohol. I like a lot of my bourbons like around like 48 to 50%. I tried Booker's one time. Holy cow. That's like 63% alcohol. I wasn't sure if I was going to combust. I was actually scared drinking that stuff. But it also makes really good old fashions uh, Booker's. But it's kind of on the expensive side. I don't want to like do that for friends. If I, if I was to make it for myself, that'd be one thing. But it does make a really good old fashioned. But this TX whiskey, it's not a bourbon. At least not that I can tell by on the bottle here. So let's give it a try. Yeah, it's pretty good. I like it. It's uh, It's got this like vanilla taste to it. It's I'm not using any uh, ice or anything. It's just neat, but it's really solid. I mean, it's got like a, it's a very unique flavor. I'm not against it. I kind of like it. And it's actually on the cheap side too. It's only like 30, 30 something dollars, I believe. So this is like a good one too. If you're going to have people over and they may not be able to handle a really strong flavor. TX Whiskey, that's not bad. Not, and again, these aren't, these aren't paid spots here nobody's asking me to talk about tx whiskey i just trying it just wanted to see what it was like so it's not too bad at all all right so the part-time trader the successful part-time trader part one we need to get into this i started off as a part-time trader it was not easy because nobody was really helping me to do it i had to figure it out all on my own there was really not a lot of resources out there either. There still really isn't. Everybody just focuses on great stock picks, great stock picks. You buy this stock, you're going to become a millionaire next week. That's what a lot of people are focusing on, and it's the wrong approach, and it's, it's really a deceitful approach. Instead, they need to be working on developing you as a trader. That's what I'm doing with this podcast. That's what I seek to do. I want to develop you as a trader. And I had a lot of early struggles, and one of them was is that I just really was trying to get rich quick. I was trying to get into these penny stocks. Yes, I had been trading since 11 years old, but a lot of that was like investing, but I was reading charts and everything. But then there was like this hiatus after high school. I went to college. I got into corporate America, started hating my job. And that's what kind of brought me back into trading stocks. I was working in the defense industry, hated it, despised it. At first I I liked it, but then I started realizing how quickly you get thrown under the bus as soon as you don't do something somebody wants you to do, it gets very political. And it's not like I was an insubordinate as a uh, employee. I wasn't. But there was times where I would have people in different departments asking me something that I couldn't do. They didn't like it. They didn't understand why I couldn't do it. I tried to tell them why I couldn't do it. Still didn't suffice. So I get thrown under the bus. And then you get these like yearly reviews and, and they get to do yearly reviews on you. And then you're just getting like totally sabotaged. It was very demoralizing. The other thing that I didn't like is, uh, and I'm not trying to like rail. I know a lot of you guys work in corporate America. And I'm hoping you guys are doing a great job and, and enjoying your job. I, that's that's one of the biggest things in life that you do is work. So you got to enjoy it. But I think people have different personality types. And, and corporate America was hard for me. Um, I don't think I was a bad employee. Well, <laughs> after we did finish this series, you may think that I'm a bad employee. Uh, that, I guess that's debatable. But. I had a hard time with motivation. I mean, like I, I remember my, my first year, I saved the company and I was doing contracts. And I remember I, I made these people a lot of money in terms of negotiated savings. Saved the government a lot of money. Saved the company a lot of money. It was like millions of dollars. I wasn't like a Jerry Maguire where I was like, you know, show me the money or anything like that. But I kind of expected a decent raise. And I think my raise that year was like, uh, I don't know. I think I started off making like $33,000 in corporate America. It wasn't much. And that was with a four-year degree. 
And when I got my raise, I think it was only like $800 or something like that. It was like a 3% raise or not even a 3% raise. I was thinking to myself, all that money I saved the company, I would have taken, I mean, it was in the millions. I would have taken 0.1% of a raise. <laughs> but no, they, they weren't going to do that because they have all, and it's not even really a knock against the manager that I had at the time. She was a good manager, but it was really a knock at the system. It was so corporatized. There's so much red tape. They couldn't give raises. Even if I had been at this company and I cured cancer, Still a 3% raise. <laughs> Maybe I get a promotion out of it. Who knows? I might not have been working long enough, being it was only a year to, to get a promotion for curing cancer. But nonetheless, it was demoralizing. And then as it got like political and people were throwing each other under the bus, I realized, like, look, I'm going to go back to what I really enjoy doing, and I haven't been doing it in a long time, and that was trading stocks. And so I did. I kind of got back into it using penny stocks. That became very clear to me that that wasn't going to work. I would get a couple of them that went way up and that was exciting. And I thought, okay, I'm going to make a career out of this. I'm going to do this 50 more times over the course of the next year, once a week. And I'm going to make 50 or 60% on each one of these things. And I'm going to be a millionaire by the end of the year. It's pretty much guaranteed. And a lot of you guys have probably done that at some point. You create the spreadsheet. Okay, if I make 1% every week, I think that's pretty easy to do. I do this for the next five years. Then I can quit my job and I will retire and I can live in Tahiti. And it's going to be a great time. But then we start realizing, hey, you know what? Trading, it has a lot of back and forth, a lot of give and take. You make $2, sometimes you give up $1.50 of it. And so those early struggles were very difficult for me. They were very difficult for me to get past because I was buying the penny stocks. And then when I realized that the penny stocks weren't going to work, and it was fun in a sense that when you bought a penny stock, you own like 17 million shares in the company. And you're like, yeah, I own about 17 million shares of this company. Yeah, I'm a heavy investor. And, and meanwhile, you have like $500 in the company. And it wasn't uh, <laughs> it wasn't a big investment, but it felt good at the cocktail parties to be able to say, hey, I own about 17 million shares of it. And that's what a lot of people are getting worked up today in about Apple and Tesla because of the splits. They can say, hey, I own two and a half shares of Tesla. And before they were only like owning like a fractional share of like 0.5. So it's kind of exciting to say that they own more than a half a share. Because who wants to go to a cocktail party and say, hey, we're a pretty heavy investor in Tesla. I have about a half a share going right now in that company. No. But if you can say, I own two and a half shares, then people are like, ooh. No, not really. Even two and a half shares. Really, I mean, in the grand scheme of things, it's like um, it's like a drop in the ocean. It really is. Uh, everything that I buy and sell, it's a drop in the ocean. I mean, if I buy, a, take a position in Apple, it's a drop in the ocean. It's literally nothing. But... Penny stocks, you can feel like you're somebody when you can say, I own 17 million shares at 0. 0.000001 cents per share. But then you're never going to get that money back. It just, <laughs> it goes bankrupt. But that's what a lot of people start off in, in the penny stocks, hoping to get rich quick. And then they get a couple of good trades maybe under their belt. And they think, I can do this. And then they have that one trade that blows up on them. And here's what even crazier, and you'll, you'll probably find this hilarious. I used to catch the falling knife on penny stocks. Yeah, that was a bad idea. I'd wait for them to pull back like 60%, 70% after a big pop. And then I'd try to play the bounce. Sometimes they worked. Sometimes it worked really good. Other times, it was an absolute train wreck. And it was those times where it was a train wreck that it wiped me out. Because you can't manage risk on penny stocks. What are you going to do? Put a stop loss on a 40%? That's basically what you have to do. I don't even think it's been so long since I traded on over the counter. I mean, this is like decades ago. I don't even think they let you use stop losses, do they? I could be wrong on that, but I don't think they do. I'm going to put an order in for 17 million shares of stock XYZ ABC. It's got like six letters to it. So I went from the penny stocks and then I started trading a lot of your small caps. I subscribed to some newsletters. I was trying to learn this stuff. I think one of them was, you're going to die when you hear this, but it was Jim Cramer. I think Jim Craner had like a stocks newsletter of like stocks under $10, gave it a shot. And then I remember some of them was like Smith 
Micro, and there was this other one that started with an A. It was a utility company. I think it's still traded today. I can't remember the name of it, though, right now. Anyways, I got destroyed on these things because I held them through earnings. And I would actually be up going into earnings, and then, and I wasn't following the market conditions. I was, I didn't, never knew what the S&P 500 was doing. I just cared about what my stock was doing. And so when it would go up, it would be great. And I never knew that. Sometimes it was going up because the market was going up. It wasn't because the company was necessarily great. But I would hold these things through earnings, and then all of a sudden, it would be down like 20%. And here I am at work because I would work till 5.30, and the market was closing at 4 o'clock, and then the earnings comes out right afterwards. And I'm like down 20%, 30%, and sometimes you know losing more money than I would make in a day at work. So I'm like, man, this is really pointless. So I learned right there not to not to trade in the penny stocks. And what all of this comes down to is, is the fact that I was trying to do this while working at a job. And one of the things, I mean, for all of you guys that, that are currently working or have worked, some of you guys might be retired and uh, you don't really care too much about it. But nonetheless, I think it's worth saying is that your bosses don't like it if you have interests outside of work that is affecting you on the job. And so I remember a lot of times working, I would be like running out of meetings to get back into the office. Oh yeah, like like sprinting down the halls. Nobody, everybody just thought I was really passionate about my job. But I would like look at the earnings. I remember I broke mouses and stuff. People were like, "What the hell is going on in this office?" No, I was doing that. Oh, I would get so angry because like I would be up fifteen percent in the stock, and then it would drop thirty percent after hours, and then all of a sudden I'm down. And there's nothing worse than watching a green position, a very green position, go red. I also remember one time I bought a stock. It was a biotech stock, and it went up sixty percent. And uh, this was when I'm like still trying to find my uh, place in the stock market. And one of my friends, he worked down the hall from me, came in. I was like, dude, I just made 60% on the stock. And he's like, sell it now. I was like, no, I'm not going to do it. I'm like Warren Buffett. I'm going to hold for the long term. Man, I sold that thing for a loss. And it wasn't a ton. I bet you that was like two or $300 uh, that I had put into the stock. And I think it went up like like literally like 60% off of some FDA approval. I didn't even know there was an FDA approval happening. I was trying to read balance sheets like I knew what I was doing. I didn't. But anyways, I just got lucky. And then I didn't sell it. I should have listened to that guy. Uh, or at least taken half off, right? But you get you get something that bounces like that on, on a trade or an investment. It may not ever get better than that. But there was early struggles in my trading. There wasn't podcasts. There wasn't people that I could ask, how do you do the stock market? There was this uh, one guy, he was like on the verge of retirement. I think he had worked at the company for like 40 years. And I would, I would bounce ideas off of him all the time and ask him, what did you think of this stock or what did you think about this investment? And he would actually give me some pretty good insight, but he was still more of an investor than he was a trader. So the swing trading, I wasn't even really sure what it was called at the time. I don't even know if I knew it was called swing trading. Swing trading had been around, but again, I wasn't very knowledgeable in that regard. So what I was doing was basically creating my own strategy. I was using the tape reading from back when I was like a kid, following the stock market, getting more educated, learning about Japanese candlestick charts. And it was helping me quite a bit to be able to, to do this on more of a permanent basis. But one of the big things was starting in the penny stocks, totally unnecessary, didn't need to do that. The other was trying to play the earnings, not going to be able to do good at that. Nobody can. I know a lot of people play it, but very rarely do you see a retailer that, that knows how to play earnings. I don't know how to play earnings. That's why I don't play them. If I knew how to play them and make money off of them, I would do it, but I don't. I think next to penny stocks, earnings is one of the craziest things to do. Unless you're holding for the long term, that's one thing. Like if you're saying, okay, I'm buying Apple for the next 20 years, of course you're going to have to hold through earnings. But one of the most difficult things when it comes to part-time trading is the hours that you have to spend outside of work doing your research, doing your watch lists. And that's why I started this program through Patreon on swingtradingthestockmarket.com that allows you 
to be able to benefit from my research because I'm doing this stuff all day. I do it on the weekends too. I'm kind of like a degenerate in that regard. I don't really take too many breaks. I enjoy what I'm doing. I'm not worried about getting burned out because I love my job. I love my work. In fact, doing this podcast on a weekend, I got college football on right now and I'm not watching it. It's on, it's on mute, but the long nights are difficult. So again, check out swingtrainingthestockmarket.com. All one word, obviously, because you can't have a space and a domain name. But go check it out. You'll see there's four different tiers. Find out what level of research would work for you. But nonetheless, this isn't all about plugging uh, this new opportunity. It's also about trying to provide some actionable tips. So you're not going to be good. This is, this is a couple of things that I would leave you with on this particular episode, starting off. One, just because you might not like your job and just because you might like trading better doesn't mean that you neglect your duties at work. That's one of the biggest problems that people run into. They get so engrossed in the stock market that they start neglecting their duties. There was times where I was not a very good employee, where I was barely working probably. Or if I was working, the quality of work wasn't really that good. But you got to make sure that you remain a very dedicated employee and that you get your job done first and foremost, because if you're not doing that, you're not going to be a part-time trader either. You're going to be a full-time trader much sooner than you want to be. And yes, I do think that you can become a full-time trader from part-time trading. I did that. I took a little bit of a more of a unique route. I started Share Planner, but I actually think that helped me in the long run because it, it required me to do so much more research and provide so much more content that directly helped me in my trading. But you have to balance it with your, your job, with your employer. You don't want him to think that you're only coming to work to trade stocks because if you do that, you're going to have the ultimatum of stop trading or you're fired. And you don't want that. You want to continue to be dedicated to your work. But as it pertains to trading, yes, it's going to be hard doing part-time trading and being a good employee. Like I kid you not, on my calendar every day between 9 o'clock to 10, 10.30 was blocked out on my calendar Monday through Friday and also from 3 o'clock to 4 p.m. because that's when it was the most volatile in the market. I really didn't want people to be scheduling meetings during those times. So I'd always try to act like I had like, without them being able to see my calendar, I had an ongoing meeting during that time. Didn't mean I was just like sitting there at my desk trading the whole time. No, but I, I had multiple monitors in my office. And um, so I always had the stock market up, but I wanted to see what was being able to go on because there's nothing worse than being in a meeting and all of a sudden the stock market running against you. Now, I'm not saying that's the right thing for you to do, but for me, it kind of worked. I mean, not a ton of people were wanting me in meetings. I'd get you know, invited to these pointless meetings. But now with the technology, with the iPhones and with everything else that's going on with your watches and, and all, there, there's there's more technology out there for you to be able to be more flexible in your part-time trading. Because before I couldn't just, you know, use my phone and buy some stocks or sell some stocks or whatever. Now you can get alerts, you get uh, push notifications. I mean, that's all really good and things that you have to use. Use the alerts, rely on those push notifications and also your cell phone is great because you're not using company resources to be able to trade stocks if you're not allowed to. But again, and I don't want this episode to go on for too long. Part-time trading is very difficult, but it's going to be even more difficult for you if you don't balance it correctly with the workload at your job with being able to trade in the stock market. Because if you create an imbalance where you're only focused on the stock market, your employer, your boss, he's going to come over to your office and he's going to make sure you get back in balance. And it's probably not going to be the balance that you want. And you're probably going to be able to have to stop trading. And next week, I'm going to talk about some of the long nights, feeling overwhelmed, doing part-time trading, and working a full-time job. Because it is. It's very difficult. And I'll give you some more strategies about how I dealt with meetings and the ways you can go about being an efficient, successful part-time trader while being a full-time employee. That's going to do it for today. Make sure, again, check out swingtradingthestockmarket.com. It'll reroute you to Patreon 
patreon.com slash swing trading. I just created that domain so that it was easier to say because Patreon, it's not spelt the way you would think, but it's a very popular website, but it provides just a really great platform for me to get my information out to you. So try it out, see which tier works for you. If you have any questions, feel free to email me, ryan at shareplanner.com. I love hearing from you guys. Make sure you to keep sending me your emails. Also, we'll be continuing to do my episodes next week as well on your emails, your stories, and your questions. So keep them coming. Thank you guys and God bless. Thanks for listening to my podcast, Swing Trading the Stock Market. I'd like to encourage you to join me in the SharePointer Trading Block where I navigate the stock market each day with traders from around the world. With your membership, you will get a seven-day trial and access to my trading room, including alerts via text, email, and WhatsApp. So go ahead, sign up by going to shareplanner.com slash trading block. That's www.shareplanner.com slash trading block. And follow me on SharePlanner's Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, where I provide unique market and trading information every day. If you have any questions, please feel free to email me at ryan at shareplanner.com. All the best to you, and I look forward to trading with you soon. 